The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Han Jr. And I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE Channel 13 Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. Alam Markin Kali for 98 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lachbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Today, we honor all members of the military in every branch of service, those who are living and those who have given their lives for their country. Thank you for your courage, your service, and your dedication. May the Lord give you peace and comfort in your heart, mind, and spirit. Oh, the sweet name of Jesus, for the true believer living a life above sin, Rejecting the desires of the world is how we should show our love for the Savior. 
True dedication is showing and standing for his precious name. The Apostolic Faith Church Choir, directed by Emilia Hahn, are ready to sing the glorious song entitled, Oh, How I Love the Name of Jesus. The choir will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Pahaku Carter on the organ.
and we continue our love for Jesus with the church band under my direction. They eagerly await to present to you, TV viewers and friends, the mighty anthem entitled Praise Ye the Father. In everything we do, in all that we may accomplish in this life, never forget the strength, might, and power of Jesus. <laughs> Soloist this morning, Christy Hahn, will present to you her rendition of the melody entitled Going Home. As all of God's children know, this world is not our final destination. We have the promise of life eternal if we simply obey and do His will. Christy will be accompanied by myself on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin being on the bass, Trusty Associate Pastor Evansburg Sr. on the guitar, and Iris Locke on the drums. Many times in my childhood when we tried 
slept round me so gently did see my child. Have you ever stopped to consider what it would take to give up everything to be with Jesus? Can you, in all honesty, let go of your family, your friends, your life here on earth, all to be with Jesus? What a glorious day will be for those caught up to meet Jesus in the air, but oh, what a day of misery for those left behind. The church choir will sing their second number for today entitled, Just a Little While. I invite you to sing along with the choir as the words appear on your screen. 
Now, the string ensemble of the church band will present to the Lord their rendition of the beautiful number entitled Amazing Grace.
The vocal group known as the Daughters of Judah eagerly await to present to you and to the Lord the wonderful melody entitled Honored Christian Soldiers. The Daughters of Judah will be accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano. I would like to dedicate today's number to Mr. Arnold Kalilkane of Maui. May today be a blessed day for you, and may the good Lord keep you in his loving embrace. Have a wonderful Sunday. Praise the Lord, and good morning, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California. These telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. 
from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 to 7 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanero Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter Aitin Loy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Palogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Midinao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. I pray your sharing in our TV gospel service will enable you to flee the devil and that it will be an opportunity for you to renew your Christian dedication and commitment to our Lord Jesus. We need to pray much for the body of Christ. The time is short and God's people must be fully prepared and ready when Jesus comes for his bride, the body of Christ. Therefore, it is imperative for us to spread and propagate the gospel through sermons such as the one I am presenting today and entitled Veterans Day. I also hope that as a result of this Spirit-inspired sermon, you will allow Jesus into your hearts and accept Him as your Lord and Savior this very day. On November the 11th, we will commemorate the anniversary of the armistice of World War I. Since 1954, it has been celebrated as Veterans Day. On that day, all veterans, living or dead, who have fought for their country are honored. On November the 11th, 1918, the Allies granted an armistice to the Central Powers in World War I, and peace was declared. The end of the unprecedented conflict brought tremendous relief to the people of the world. The terrible fighting was over, but it was a short-lived peace. For following this brief respite, nations were plunged into World War II. The Korean War followed thereafter, and subsequent troubled efforts have been looming into the international spotlight ever since. Each day brings reports of new or continued hostilities all over the world, such as in Bosnia, the explosive Middle East. We appear to be heading towards Armageddon. 
We read in Revelation 16, 16, and he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. This word means the Mount of Slaughter. Many great battles have been fought there, and many more future ones will be fought there as well. The Armageddon theology is the belief that a final conflict between good and evil is impending, and such a conflict will bring about the destruction of the world. No one knows when Armageddon is going to take place. It may be as far off as a thousand years or as near as the day after tomorrow. A prevalent belief among many people is that the end is near. Therefore, if only those who are truly born again of water and of the Spirit and walking in the light are going to be saved, and if the end is near, then the top priority, even for government, should be the saving of souls. The question is, where is peace? Men have desired and dreamed of universal peace. Plans for peace have been made again and again, but they have all ended in failure. The declaration of the late President Wilson should be brought to mind in which he said, World War I was the war to end all wars and a war to make the world safe for democracy, but a failed in this endeavor. The establishment of the United Nations has not solved the problem nor has it been able to effect total world peace. Jesus tells us, as we read in Matthew 24, verses 6 to 7, And he shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that he be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nations, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. This is exactly what is happening in the world at the present time. Blacks fighting whites, Muslims against Christians, Protestants against Catholics, the presence of violence, hijackings, bombings, anarchy, and so forth. There are famines all over the face of the earth and pestilences of every kind in the form of chemical and other kinds of pollution in our rivers, lakes, and oceans earthquakes, hurricanes, tsunamis, and changes in the weather patterns are very common today. These are the beginning of sorrows. I certainly don't want to be here when the end comes. In spite of all the wars that have been initiated for the sake of the world democracy, America is the only great nation amongst the world powers today which has a democratic form of government. Currently, World War III looms as a great probability. Someone remarked after World War II, let it be the prayer of all mankind that the victory achieved may mark the end of all wars. God answers prayers. But if all who pray were to pray that prayer daily, it would not be answered. One can easily see that politically, financially, socially, morally, and spiritually, the world is waxing worse and worse at an ever-increasing speed. Yes. Even to the end of time, many shall run to and fro. Knowledge shall be increased, but sin will wax worse and worse. Though united in war at one time, in peace, the allied nations are not now divided and cannot fulfill nor maintain the peace terms that seemed so uncomplicated and simple a few decades ago. The news from various countries show that the end of hostilities has not brought freedom from fear, freedom from want, freedom of worship, nor freedom of speech. 
It is the aim and purpose of the enemy to overturn and destroy every government in the world. The perplexity and distress of nations today was foretold by Christ. We read Luke 21, 25 to 26. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Prophecy is history written in advance. It serves two purposes. First, it proves the inspiration of the Bible. And second, with unerring certainty and accuracy, it foretells future events. In fact, it is greater than tomorrow's newspaper. The fact that the Bible is a fully inspired word of God is substantiated by infallible proofs. If the situation were such that only one of these proofs could be asserted, then prophecy would be that one all-sufficient and indisputable proof. It is reasonable, therefore, to expect that any unfulfilled prophecy thus far will be fulfilled in due time. Read in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 to 21, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. That is, no prophecy should be taken by itself, but should be compared with other parts of the Scripture in order to learn its full meaning. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This shows that the Bible is not a man-inspired book. Every word of it came from God through men who were guided and kept from error in their writings by the Holy Spirit. Today, nations are preparing for wars which are yet to come. They are equipping themselves with all kinds of nuclear weapons which will be used to destroy one another. As Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3, 10 to 13, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements, atomic and nuclear weapons, shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. For more than two decades, dictators in various countries have ruled with iron fists. They are literally clearing the way for the world dictator, who, for the final seven years of this age, will have full control of the entire world. Reading Revelations chapter 13, 16 to 18, and he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. And his number is six hundred, three score, and six. What this means is that anyone having the number 666 on their hand or forehead will be doomed. Salvation will elude them. All those souls who are beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God during the tribulation period and who do not worship the beast nor his image and neither received his mark 
upon their foreheads or in their hands will be raised up in the first resurrection. Unbelievers do not fall into any of these groups. Unbelievers are the rest of the dead. We read in Revelations chapter 20, 5 to 6, but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that had part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death had no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. The second death means everlasting torment and separation from God. This shall be the punishment of all who have already died physically in unbelief and rebelled against God. Thus, universal peace is not in the offing. There is to be a great tribulation such as was since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Thus declared our Lord in Matthew 24, 21, the great tribulation will be a period of much torment and travail involving the entire earth. It will signify the time of Jacob's trouble. Jerusalem and the Holy Land will be the vortex. The great tribulation will also be a period of salvation. An elite group comprised of the 12 tribes of Israel is sealed for God and the multitude of Gentiles is to come out of the tribulation. The true church will never go through the tribulation period, for it will have been caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Reading 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-17, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. It's been a long war torn road from the armistice hour in 1918 to the present. And it would appear that man is no closer to peace than he was at the end of his first major conflict. Yet in many respects, peace is nearer at hand than ever before. In the half century since our first armistice day, the cry for peace has echoed from the lips of all men, of all races, of all creeds, and of all religions. Christians from these various categories have been among those who have cried and prayed for that lasting and glorious peace, which has been promised by God himself. Psalms 122, verse 6 reads, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. This prayer request will be answered when Jesus comes back and sets his foot upon the Mount of Olives. And only then will the Prince of Peace bring peace to the world. When that peace is established, there will not be another armistice, nor another truce, nor a temporary cessation of war. The Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ the Lord, will rule and reign, and the age of conflict will be ended. No one will need to ask about the armistice hour again. No one will need to inquire, where is peace? Today, people march for peace, shout for peace, pray for peace, sing about peace, donate money for peace, and even vote for peace, but to no avail. We read Jeremiah 8.15, We looked for peace, but no good came. And for a time of health, and behold, trouble. It is sad but true. World peace is only temporary at best. Why? We can't even keep peace in our own neighborhoods. Perhaps it is because true peace depends on inward rather than outward circumstances. John 14.27 tells us a little about what Jesus said about peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And again he said in John 16, In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, 
I have overcome the world. The great founders of the world's renowned religions have died, Christ among them, but only Christ arose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. To preach the self-same gospel he preached on the shores of Galilee. We read in Mark 1, 14 to 15. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the times of fear and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon and sooner than many think. The following is a gracious invitation which only He can extend and a promise only He can fulfill. It comes thusly, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. For today is the day of salvation, if you will. But hear His voice. Those who are His sheep will indeed hear His voice. Reading John 3, 5, in which we find that nearly 2,000 years ago, Nicodemus heard the voice of Jesus and was told, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the seventh verse, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. To be born of water means to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ by immersion. To be born of the Spirit means to speak in tongues, and it is the only way to determine one has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, according to the Bible. We have all been born once and have human fathers. The first birth, the fleshy birth, gave us a human life and a simple human nature. Before we can be saved and know God, we must go through a second birth, a spiritual birth. This new birth is not a reformation of the old nature, but rather the creation of a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Nicodemus was a very religious Jew, and he had to be born again and accept Jesus as Savior, Master, and Lord. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls heard the voice of God through the apostle Peter. Preaching through the power of the Holy Spirit, he had some important words of advice for those who had rejected and crucified the Lord of glory. Read in Acts 2.38, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And in the 39th and 41st verse, it reads, For the promises unto you, and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as the many as the Lord our God shall call. They that gladly received his word were baptized, and that same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And God is calling men everywhere to repent not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He is calling a people out of a people to form his one true church, of which he is still the head. And the name of the head is Jesus. Peter tells us in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In other words, outside the name of Jesus, one cannot be saved. Now, speaking about veterans, a true soldier in the Lord was the Apostle Paul. Before he became Paul, his name was Saul, and he persecuted those who followed the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 
On the road to Damascus, while in the midst of dispatching letters to Jerusalem, a light shone from heaven, and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Yes, Saul was indirectly persecuting the Lord Jesus by persecuting the saints. Paul's response is found in Acts 9.5, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Hence Paul was commanded, Arise and go into the city. It shall be told thee what thou must do. Now the man who were with him heard a sound, but did not hear the articling words, Saul, Saul, and so forth. Thus Saul became a believer on the Damascus road. When he heard the voice, but he did not receive the Holy Spirit until Ananias, a disciple, laid his hands upon him. His sight was also restored. He was then baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul was a chosen vessel of the Lord who was to bear the Lord's name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. He labored more than any other disciple and suffered for the name of Jesus. After his conversion, he went immediately to Arabia, where he remained for two years before returning to Damascus. It was there that God revealed to Paul the wonderful truths about the scriptures, which he later preached and which are now written in his epistles. We read in 2 Timothy 4, 6-8, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Though his departure was at hand, he knew that his soul, his spirit, the real Paul, would be living forever with Christ, whom he loves sincerely. It is true that all veterans of the cross never die. At the end of this way, Paul said, I have fought a good fight. Will we be able to say that too? Paul went on to say, I have finished my course. We read in Hebrews 12, 1-2, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We must lay aside every weight, which are the sins that beset us. Weight increases the obstacles and hinders spiritual progress. These weights may not necessarily be external. They can be in the heart. The moment the thing which is not in God's purpose becomes implanted in one's heart and mind, it becomes a weight, no matter what it is. And the result is obvious. The race that is set before us is an appointed race. Each step of the course has been marked for us. Paul looked upon the life as a race, and he said, Run the race that you may obtain. This was the course that God had picked out for him. And Paul had to finish the course. Many had run the course before him. Reread verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Are you looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, as Apostle Paul did? I hope so. Since Paul had been encompassed by countless witnesses, 
the heroes of faith, and those who had based their faith entirely upon God's word. Paul laid aside every weight and every besetting sin and ran the race with patience. Can each of us say at the end of our race, I have the victory because the Lord read at my side? God has a course for each of us to run. And we ought to inquire, Lord, what do you want me to do? Paul knew that his time had to come to die. He was not going to die a natural death. He was going to be slain and be offered up. It was time to hoist the anchor and move out. But keep in mind, when a ship sails out of one harbor, in due time it will drop anchor in another harbor. Reading Matthew 5, 14, Jesus tells us, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Whereas salt has a negative value to preserve, light has a positive value to shine. Light is needed where there is darkness. And Jesus is the light of the world. He tells us, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glory your Father. Glorify your Father which is in heaven. Jesus is telling us, you are living in a world that is dark with sin. Therefore, the only way for us to get power to shine for him is by reflecting him. I have seen saints of God shine bright before Jesus for a while. Then they permit something to come between them and the Lord. Now they don't shine for God. They don't serve him. Is your light shining for him today? I hope so. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. Closing our program, the church band will play for you the song entitled, Soldiers of Emmanuel.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.